0: Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. We've got a two-week series happening at the moment, and it's called Marginal Gains, and we're going to talk about marriage in the first week, and we're going to talk about relationships. Pastor Vicky's going to bring that in the second week, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And when I realized that I was talking about marriage, I thought, oh, this will be easy. And, then, and then, um, then Mel told me that she was going to be in the room, so then I thought, oh, that's, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, but um, really, I, I I always found it just a little bit like when people would talk about marriage, I, I found it just maybe even a little bit pretentious. I struggled with it, but I thought, you know, how can you talk about marriage? Because it's kind of like, oh, you know, our marriage is so good, and I can tell you how to do your marriage. And I, I found that a little bit difficult. But I guess over the years, we've been married 31 years now, and we... we uh, is that right? Yeah. Um, first hurdle cleared. <laughs> um, and... Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I think that there are some things that you pick up along the way. So we want to share that um, with you this morning. We're talking about marginal gains. Um, you know, young people have it so easy these days, right? Because if you're a young person these days and you want to maybe make contact with someone, you want to go out with someone, you, you spend like two, three hours, right? And you craft the text, right? So you just, you know, you make the text, you know, whatever it is, and then you send it off, Right? And then, you know, 10 minutes later, hopefully, you get a reply, you know, but the person's replied with some witty, well-thought-out, um, you know, response to you. And then it's like you've got another 20 minutes uh, to think about what you're going to say back or if you think, oh, well, maybe I don't want to let them know that I'm too keen, you know, I'll just leave it for tomorrow and then I'll, I'll go back then, right? And so young people just have it so easy these days, you know? Um, um, in my day, like... You, you you went to the phone, like you didn't have the phone, you went to the phone where the phone was. You guys can relate to this, right? And the phone was generally where? In the middle of the house where all the people are, right? So then you've got to like dial the number and then the people in the house say, oh, who are you ringing? <laughs> okay, I'm ringing somebody, get out, all right? Just want to ring someone and you dial the number, dial the number and you're calling... And it's ringing, it's ringing, and you say, Please don't let a dad pick up, please don't let a dad pick up, please don't let a dad pick up. Hi, Pastor Hardy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to talk to Melanie. Yeah, yeah, Melanie, yeah, yeah. And then, like, when Melanie got on the phone, like, she's so mature because she's like, You know, I'm like, this is, I'm casting back to when I'm 15, right? And Melanie. Yeah, 14, 15. Melanie's 14, but she's already like super mature, like, you know, cool, cool cat, you know, she's hanging with the cool people, you know, I'm just like, little old me. And so she would, you know, she would do really well on the phone, but I would be like, "Mm, um, I just wanted to check if you're coming to youth group or something. Yeah, yeah, it's at my house. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see you there then. Okay, Bye. You know, it's much harder these days, all right? It's, it's, it's much easier these days. It was much harder back then. But we want to talk about marginal gains. So what is marginal gains? Marginal gains is a concept that, um, that came um, to be known around about the early 2000s when a guy called David Brailsford, Sir David Brailsford, became the performance director for British Cycling. Um, and after he became the performance director, they went on to win 60% of all the gold medals that were available for cycling in Beijing. Um, and in 2008, and then four years later, the team set uh, nine Olympic records and seven world records. And then um, this guy became the uh, manager of a, a racing team, professional cycling racing team, Team Sky, which is um, which c- competes in the Tour de France. And um, Bradley Wiggins became the first English man to win the Tour de France under him. Can you believe that? Tour de France had been going for 130 years or something or other. No one from England had ever won until this guy Bradley Wiggins won it. And then after that, Chris Froome won and he won in 2015, 2016 and 2017. This team was just like beyond good. They were just blowing everybody away. And he had this marginal gains theory. And what it was about was the idea that you break down a process into like a hundred different little things and you try and pick up a tiny bit of improvement in each one of those things so it might be literally 0.1 of 1% just a tenth of a percent better in every area and then when you put them all back together you've actually got a reasonable improvement. So when you think about it, you look at all the different things, the, the bike fit, the weight of the bike, the helmet dynamics, the seating position, the nutrition that the cyclists were wearing, uh, eating, the weight of the cyclists, the, um, the strength of the cyclists, the recovery process of the, res- of the cyclists, the muscle temperature. They used to have heated um, things on their legs so that their muscles would be at the right temperature when they, when they started, they researched the best pillow and best mattress for the cyclist to get the very best amount of sleep because rest is so important for high performance. Um, they taught them how to wash their hands better, 1% better washing your hands because we don't want to get infection, we don't want to catch a cold and get sick when our, when our big race is on. So all these little things and if you pick up a tenth of all those things, think about it, if you have 20 things that you pick up one tenth of 1%, all of a sudden you've gained 2%. Now, 2% in elite sport is like the difference between coming 50th and the difference between winning. Last night, the qualifying, I know you guys all watched it, of the uh, of the F1, there was um, 5 tenths of a second between 1st and 10th. Between 1st and 10th, tenth, 5 tenths half a second that's the difference that it makes and so when these guys talk about you know we just redesigned this so the wind just comes over it just a little bit just marginal gain marginal gain but it can make such a big difference between winning and losing and this is what happens so they term this thing marginal gain so we can sometimes we think you know when we look at something we think we've got to make this massive big improvement so we might look at we're talking about marriage today we might think oh you know what it's really my marriage is really struggling what I've got to do this massive thing I've got to change stuff and we in We're we're thinking like, you know, 20% different, it's all going to be different, but really if we look at those one-tenths of 1% in lots of different areas, if we can pick up those marginal gains, then things can be improved so much. So that's what marginal gains uh, means, so now you know. Um, And uh, I want to speak about about marriage, and I want to just talk about... um Uh, Firstly, I realise that not everyone in the room is in different situations. Some people are single here. Some people uh, have been married. Some people are currently married. Some people are um, struggling in their marriage. Some people have been really hurt by relationships. And I just want to acknowledge that straight up. But what we're talking about in marriage, really a lot of these principles we can take and live out. And if you're a person that's single and I want to talk about this a bit later, to be the best single person that you can be and to, and to live your life and lead through that singleness. If you're a person that's divorced or, or been in a relationship that hasn't worked out or whatever, lead and be in that place that you're in, but be the best that you can in that place um, and lead from where you are. Yeah? Um, and apply, you can apply if you're a single person, you can apply a lot of, of what we're talking about today um, it, amongst your close circle of friends. Because if you're, if you're not married, then you, you have a different dynamic with your friends. You have like close, close circle of friends that you can actually work with. So really think that you can apply these to your besties and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, so someone said to me once before, um, I, you know, you guys, talking about me and Mel, you guys are like the perfect couple and um, and I just like that grates on me so much like don't ever say <laughs> that to us um, because I you know if you lived with us then you would know that there's nothing perfect and if I lived with you then I would know you know we let each other down we say things that we wish we hadn't have said uh, we do stuff that's not being considered the other person we're selfish in things at times at least I am Melanie's actually perfect but 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 I am um, and and I I, I think <laughs> you guys are laughing because you know it's true. Um, um, but the 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 biggest reason I sat down during the week and I thought, what is the biggest reason that my marriage is successful and that I would that I would think, you know what, something's going right in our marriage? And I came back to the biggest reason. Um, that, I, that I believe, is that we have an understanding that God comes first. And I know that's easy to say from the pulpit. I'm preaching, you know, whatever. But really, 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 when I sit down and think about it, the biggest thing that, that helps and enables us to have a great marriage is that we have an understanding that God comes first. It's a commitment from both of us to follow his ways. We submit to God that our marriage is under Him. Like that's just something that we have in our mind. Our marriage is under God. It's it's protected by God. It's subject to God's voice. We hear Him on our marriage. Our marriage comes under God. And that is such a critical part of our marriage. If you're young and single and looking for a marriage partner, there's number one, all right? So I want to give you nine... Points. If you're taking, uh, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you nine points. Do you reckon I can get through them? I reckon we'll be right. Number one point: by the book, by the book, follow the scripture in relation to your marriage. Follow the scriptures in relation to sex. Follow the scripture in relation to choosing a partner follow what the bible says in hebrews 13:1 it says keep and this is the writer of hebrews talking to the jewish people and just giving them a whole bunch of information about what not what to do and what not to do he says keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so some, some have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are ministered as if you s- yourself were suffering Sorry, those who are mistreated as if yourself were suffering. Verse 4, Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. By the book. So, It seems to me that maybe the writer of Hebrews, when he's writing to um, the Jewish people that he's writing to, maybe there's something going on that he's maybe even aware of um, where there is people that are in adultery, that are doing it wrong, that are are in sexual immorality, and he's saying, no, no, marriage must be honoured, and the marriage bed talking about sex kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. And there's people that sort of say, hey, listen, you know, we don't get bound by anything that, you know, the Bible might say about sex and if we should have sex outside of marriage or that type of thing, because it doesn't really talk about that or it's all Old Testament stuff or whatever. This is New Testament stuff. Marriage should be honoured by all. It talks about sexual immorality. And so we need to understand what sexual immorality is. And, uh, and act accordingly because it says that God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. But marriage should be honored by all, it says. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. If you're looking for a partner, if you're looking for a husband or wife, I didn't say it. It says it in the Word, 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can have light with darkness? Matthew 6.31 says, Do not be anxious, saying... What should we eat, or what should we drink, or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I know that scripture is not specifically about marriage, but I really believe that we can apply it to marriage. And if you're, again, a person who is looking for a a marriage partner, seek first the kingdom of God, and he will add those things to you. But if you go chasing after those things and you leave the kingdom of God behind, then you're going to get it back to front. You're going to get the cart before the horse. Um, And um, and so it's important that we seek God first. The knowledge that that Melanie would always say, I will put God first. Her knowledge that I would always say, I will put God first. That knowledge keeps us safe. It keeps us safe. Secure. It keeps our marriage secure. It keeps us grounded. That knowledge is super important. That I would say I'm always going to put God first. It is a massive thing in marriage. Um, so by the book, by the book, do it by the book. W- whether you're looking to get into marriage, whether you are married already, do it by the book. That's my first point. Um, two. Uh, second point is, if you're taking notes, forever. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Some of us know the old, uh, is it the King James says, uh, leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Hold fast to. It means like stick-like glue. So it means you leave your home and you make a forever new home, something that you hold fast to, something that you cleave to. Cleaving to your spouse really means that we are joined together. We're actually glued together. We're one thing now. We're one thing. And we're committed beyond our feelings because we don't always feel the same feelings that we felt when we made that first phone call or when we held hands for the first time. We don't always feel those feelings, but we're committed beyond our feelings it's a forever thing. And we put nothing ahead of this relationship. Our relationship with God, number one, and our marriage relationship, number two. Listen, nothing comes in front of your marriage relationship. Not, not kids. Not, not church. Not re- Really, not church. Not our passions, what we're passionate about not our work, but so many times we can put those things in front of our marriage and we can say, well, you know, the kids are so important. We, we focus all our energy on them and then you see those people when the kids grow up and they leave home and the marriage falls apart because the focus has been on the kids or the focus has been on a passion or the focus has been on my business or my work or something that I do. We put nothing uh, here on earth above our marriage relationship. It's the most important thing. And I want to say this, put safeguards in place put safeguards in place. Um, marriages uh, break down all the time, people separate all the time. Uh, all of us uh, have either experienced that or know somebody who is experiencing that right now, know someone who has experienced that um, in the past, we're, we're very familiar with that. But I want to I challenge everyone in the room to put safeguards in place for your marriage. You know there's certain things that I don't do. and. Um, these safeguards might be might be different for every person, but you know, if you're a person that struggles with uh, with maybe uh, images online, move your move your computer to your dining room, you know do something to put a safeguard in front of your marriage if you're a if you're a person that um, um, struggles with whatever it might be put the safeguards in place so that you don't do that you know there's there's I I don't to this day I I never will there's things that I don't do if we're all hanging out here on Sunday night and having a sausage sizzle and Mel's at home and everyone's going home and there's one lady that needs a lift home I'm not your man I'm not taking you home I don't I don't take ladies in my car by myself anywhere <laughs> sorry ladies if it's an emergency someone's going to die I'll, I'll think about it you can sit in the back but um <laughs> why what, you know it, uh, at work um you know it's happened a couple of times you know people have been leaving or whatever and my boss has said hey just take um that that lady out for lunch or something or other or something nice we can do just take her out for lunch or no I'm not doing that. I'm not going out to lunch with, with another lady. I'm just not doing it. Wow, well, Luke, that's silly. Like, you know, it's just nothing. Like as if, you know, something's going to happen or whatever. That's that's really, you know, taking it over the top. No, I don't think so. Because I want to put those safeguards in my marriage. No one, we look at um, great ministries that have been brought down by um, people who have been unfaithful in their marriage and ruined their marriage and ruined their ministry and put so many people off. Do you think any of those people started out planning? I'll tell you the way I'd like to finish up. I'd like to finish it like we're have an affair with my secretary and then the whole thing just implodes that'd be great no one started out like that it's just the little things that happen along the way and we let happen along the way put the safeguards in place whatever they need to be if you need to have a code on your um um i don't know what how you watch things these days but if it's your Netflix account that's causing new problems then uh, you put a code on or do something where your wife's got to be there or something or other and people think oh that's silly that's over the top don't worry about what people think put the safeguards in place your marriage is the most important thing you can do so put the safeguards in place it's really important um there's a lot of pitfalls where we can fall down. So the devil prowls like a lion seeking whom he can devour. Yeah? So he's, he's roaming around. He's like, if I can destroy a marriage, I'm right into it. That's what he's going to do. So we need to watch for that. Point number three, the words that come out of your mouth. Hmm. Um, James 3.2, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Also able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the horses, in the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at ships also. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. You know... Um, We've read that many times, right? We go, oh yeah, the tongue. The tongue is like a, you know, all these things. But what's what's James actually saying? He's saying this tongue, just like a, you put the bit in the in the horse and you turn it one way, the whole horse turns one way. Just like you've got a little baby rudder on the back of a ship and you turn it, the whole ship turns that way. If we, the wrong words that come out of our mouth turn our whole life one way or the other it it has the point here it, it has the capacity to change everything it ha- what we say has the capacity to change our whole life it's not just words and we go "Oh yeah that's just one part of my life the words that come out of our mouth actually change the direction of our whole life and can change the direction of our marriage it's so important what we say uh, a little further down James 3 9 says with it talking about the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things should not be. These things ought not to be so. The way we speak about people, the way we speak about our partner is so important. And sometimes the way that we speak to our partner is from the way that we speak about our partner. So the way that we end up speaking to our partner comes from the way that we have spoken about our partner. Watch what you say about your partner. You know, it's very easy to sort of poke fun and make fun and we get familiar, whatever. Oh yeah, you know, being married for thirty one would have would've got less for murder, you know. Um that's a jo- you meant you could laugh. <laughs> uh, um or um you know, oh yeah, Mel, she's off shopping again, she's, you know, she's spending it like it's, you know, growing on trees, got the credit card out, you know, it's really easy to run the other person down, um, when particularly when we're not in the company of the other person and it's really important that we don't do that. This is my w- wife, this is my husband, we speak highly of them, we bless them and when we're around other people we make sure we do it and then the things that we say to other people will translate to the things that we say to each other. Um, one of the things that, um, that that I've done from time to time, you know, we have, uh, you might be out and about. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm at work and I've had a busy day and my mind's churning around. I drive home and it's still churning and then I'm listening to the news and all the bad things that are happening in the world and whatever. And then I get home and sometimes what I need to do five minutes out from driving home, I need to say, oh God, let's stop with all the mind stuff now. I'm going home, I need to think about how I'm going to speak to my wife, I need to think about how I'm going to react in my family and actually make that a priority. It's a great little practice, I don't do it all the time, but I do it sometimes. Because otherwise I find that I can get home and I can like blah, 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 this is what happened in my day, oh you wouldn't believe it, whatever. And then sometimes I think to myself, I didn't even ask Mel how her day was, I didn't even do it because I was so focused on me, I was so focused on what was happening in my life, so it's important that we slow down and we think about what we're saying to our partner. Um, Colossians 3:12 says, "Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive." And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And again, I know that scripture is not specifically for marriage, but if we take that and, and apply that to our marriages, and if we apply it to our close relationships if we're not married, then what a what a different... Um, outlook we're going to have and what god can actually do do through us um, if we take that to heart okay Uh, number four how am i doing all right these are a bit quicker. Uh, number four is common things, right? You have to have things in common. You have to do common things, right? But for me and Mel, we don't have a lot of things in common that we like doing. In fact, there's very few things that we like doing in common. Uh, one of them is walking. We did manage to find that. We, we like walking. Um, and um, But I went through a stage where i like, I'm not doing anything in common with my wife. Like we, all, we both. I like to ride my bike. She hates riding push bikes. Uh, she likes to go to a gym class. I hate classes at the gym. Um, I like to ride my motorbike. She, she is is beginning to love my motorbike but it's a very long journey um, and, um, n- and she doesn't like that really and um, so there's things that we, we don't do so we have to work hard to find those things in common particularly if we've, up, if we've been uh, married for a while um, and so we did, we worked on that and we found some things in common that we like to do, um, one of them that y- you guys know that we, we go dancing and, uh, and, and I hate dancing with a passion and, um, but I go and I suffer. Um, <laughs> No, there's there's, there's mild enjoyment. Um, But it's something that we're doing together. So it's an important thing that we do together. And I think to myself, you know, we go on a Monday night. I tell you what, every Monday night, I've got better things to do. Honestly, every Monday night, I'm like... I really need to do some something else or whatever and I think to myself, no, this is actually important because it's something that we do together and we enjoy together. So common things are important so make sure you have that. Um, but I'm, I'm interested, uh, the next point, that's point number f- four, point number five is the opposite to that and that is individual things because um, sometimes when um, when we hear people, they may be looking for a partner or whatever, they're like, oh, you know, I really love rock climbing so my ideal partner is going to be someone who um, is just into rock climbing like me and we can go and do it together or I like singing and, and worshipping so I want someone who's a worshipper who can sing or whatever and there's nothing wrong with that but you know we don't have to have all the same things together and in fact sometimes when we come from different points of view it's even better so there's those individual things and one of the things that Mel and I have always Done is like encouraged one another in the individual things that we do. You know, uh, I, I've gone off on motorbike rides for a few days and camping out. And Mel said, "You go, you enjoy, you have a great time with your mates, and just enjoy it." And she's gone off to Bali and sipping cocktails by the pool, um, and uh, mocktails sometimes. Um, and um, and uh, <laughs> And and enjoyed that, but we should support our partner also. When you become, um, when you get married, you don't give away all of your identity. You don't stop being the person that you are. So it's important for us to actually encourage our partner to be the person that they're meant to be as well, and actually support them in that. In fact, I would say that if you're a young person looking for a partner, and if that partner wants to say oh no those things you don't do now we're together you know we only do these things i would say put up a red flag there because you are a person as well and like enjoying the things that you want to enjoy are important so there's the common things and the individual things number 6 there's a big one time time in our busy lives right when we were girlfriend and boyfriend we had all the time in the world uh, things were just easy and wonderful. And then we uh, got engaged and we got married and then we got a house and then we had to do gardening and then we got kids and they took up a lot of time and then we had kids sport and then we got work and we got all these things start to crowd in for our time. But, um, you know, the things that are the most important things in our lives are the things that we allocate time to. Yeah? We can measure that. Time is the only resource that we have that we cannot get more of. You know, you can work a little harder, get some more money, you can do something, get some stuff in your house. If you want to buy something, you can save up and buy for it. Time is finite. That's it. You've got what you've got. And so what you do with your time is massively important. And you say... You, you are making a statement to the whole world with what you do with your time. And so we want to give each other time. If I don't have time to put into my relationship, then I'm saying, actually, that's not the most important thing that I have. I need to allocate um, time. Don't use the excuse of busyness. Business, busyness is so uncool. I've talked about this before. You know, we, we live in a world where everyone loves to be busy and everyone loves busy they are. Hey, Luke, how you going? Good, good. What's happening? Oh, mate, just busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm so busy. Yeah. Oh, crazy busy. It's just so busy at the moment. I don't know how it's so busy. I don't know how we're gonna gonna cope. It's just so. Bu- That's the normal conversation in the office. Like you know. Uh, uh, I'm done with that. Like, I'm not interested in being busy for busy sake. We might be busy or we might have a lot of stuff on, but let's think about it. We've got the same amount of time as everybody else. Where we put our time into, that's what counts. That's our value statement about what is important to us. And so in our marriage relationship, we have to have time for one another. We have to make that time and put that time in. Um, so don't allow that excuse of busyness um, to steal away uh, from your marriage. Number seven talking talking you know the first time i i spoke to mel on the phone my hands were literally shaking like you know i was i was trembling i was you know and uh and i wasn't very good at it um but um you know talking these days can be optional because uh with our our devices we don't necessarily have to really talk to people we can text people we can message them in whatever way and there's a lot less talking that goes on but we've got to be careful that we don't bring that into our marriage and it's important that we have time to talk and it's important that we talk face to face like talking through stuff and what can happen is we can have we can end up having conversations if we're not careful if we don't allocate time for that talking we can end up having conversations that um, I call them like surfacey rubbish conversations you know so like you know yeah we talk but um, but really there's nothing being said there's nothing being conveyed because there's an elephant in the room there's there's hurts there's things that have gone on and we don't address them and we never talk about them and so we just talk about what we're doing in our day or just the surface surfacey rubbish stuff and we don't ever get to that deeper stuff it's really important that number one we make time to talk to each other and number two we actually get to that layer below that we're actually having real conversations with one another with one another super important talking these are all t t words now number eight is transparency and trust transparency and trust i put them together so i didn't have 10 points all right so it'll be quicker um, Zechariah 8:16 uh, says, "These are the things you shall do: speak the truth to one another, render in your gates judgments that are true, and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another, and love no false oath. False oath would be like telling a, a liar an untrue untruth. It speaks about you know I you know I said something I swear it's true, but actually it's false, uh, or it might be like breaking a promise." For all these things I hate, declares the Lord. So we want to have transparency and trust in our relationships. It's super important. I want to say something that might be controversial. If your phone is not available to your partner to look at, then I would say that maybe there's something you need to think about in terms of transparency and trust. If you don't just sort of hand your phone over when they need to do something and say it's the password, you know, go for your life because maybe there's stuff on there that you don't you don't feel comfortable sharing or that you feel embarrassed about or whatever, then. I would encourage you to look at transparency and trust. We need to have a trusting relationship, a transparent relationship, where if we're hurting, we're going to talk about it. If there's stuff going on in our lives, we're going to talk about it together, that we're open and honest, that we share when we're like just so disappointed or whatever those things might be, that we have transparency and trust. If we don't have trust in our marriage, if we're keeping secrets from one another, then it just erodes the whole foundation of the marriage. So it's super important that we have transparency and trust. The last one, number nine, is also uh, a T word and it's touching, touching, but I'm talking about the non-sexual stuff. Um, So, you know, I I, I was reading a book recently and it's talking a bit about trauma and I found a a point that it made just really interesting. It said, if a a little kid, if a five-year-old kid Um, something terrible happens to them and uh, like, I don't know, they see um, um, an accident or something like that and their mum's involved in an accident, let's say that, and they they witness it and now they've got this trauma and and right at the scene. If you were there and you were that mum's auntie, for example, what would you do? You You would put your arms around them, wouldn't you? You might rub them on the back a bit, you might sway a little bit. And, and you hug them. It's that touch that they need. They need that touch. That's what you do. You wouldn't stand back and say, just try and process it, kid. You, you know, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Let's, I'll see you through it. You, know, you wouldn't do that. You bang, straight in for the, for the hug. What I found super interesting, and I've never thought about it before, when an adult person, let's say they're 53 years old, has trauma or sees something hard, what do you do? You do exactly the same thing. You wrap the arms around them. You might even sway a little bit, give them a rub, give them a little pat on the back so it's going to be okay. That embrace, that touch doesn't change our whole life. It doesn't change. That's what we need. Has anyone been in hospital and um, you you have a nurse uh, who is who is seeing, you know, 100 people on the floor and just going from one thing to another and, like, you're struggling a bit um, and or you're coming out of anaesthetic or whatever and the nurse, like, puts their hand on your hand or, like, touches your shoulder or whatever, it, like, melts your whole heart. You're just like, oh, I just feel so much better. Like, this person cares about me. Like, they are amazing nurses, the way that they can do that. But it's just that that touch is, like, just does something for us, doesn't it? And so touch is super important in our marriage. And as I say, it's just that non-sexual type of touch that we need day to day and it might be holding hands it might be leaning on each other while you're watching TV or it might be just putting your arm around each other or just those little things that happen those little interactions day to day is so important so point number nine is touch so touch each other talking about married people alright don't go touching everybody alright so it's uh, <laughs> not what I'm saying alright um, you know um, Just a final thought here um, and I I hope that you've picked up something and gleaned something from this but um, I I find it interesting that these days you know, we know that people are getting married later and later and um, it seems to be that what you do now is you make other investments in your life so you invest in your education, you invest um, maybe in a house, um, you invest in your job, your career, um, the things that you want to do and you kind of get yourself set up And then you look at marriage as like this kind of like capstone, that this is going to finish it off, but I need the right person now to fit in with what I've set up here and it's all going to sort of bang, finish it all off. And this is why a lot of people um, these days, they're getting married way late into their 30s and stuff like that because it's like set up my life and then add that marriage partner to it. And it's really changed. It's changed in the last 200 years certainly, whereas before it was like people would get married much younger Um, and they would look at each other as a complementary partnership. You're the man, I'm the woman, I can bring certain things to this marriage, you can bring certain things to this marriage, and we're going to work together and we're actually going to build our lives together. And a lot of people would sort of think, well, you know, it's actually great that we've moved on from that and women uh, have, have more opportunity now, so they should be you know, chasing all these things down and that. And that's great, I don't stand against that. But I guess what I'm saying is the essence of how it used to be there's something in there that we don't want to lose and that is that we are people that come together and actually build our lives together we're not people that sort everything out and get our lives all in order and then we add a marriage partner to that to just cap off you know it's like the icing on the cake We want to continually, because what can happen with that is like the icing on the cake can sometimes like mess the cake up. We're like, oh, hang on a minute. I had all this stuff sorted out and now it's like, you know, now there's a problem with it or whatever. But we want to be people that like get together and actually make the cake together and do it all together and grow through life. And the beauty of that is that if we have that attitude, we maintain that attitude for life. So it's something that we're working on together through life right it's something that we actually are building together through life it's not like my life is sorted and then i add marriage it's like we have a marriage and we work through life together and grow and help one another do you know that if we um if we the way that we speak to our spouse and the way that we treat them and the way that we go through life together actually changes that person so if we get to a certain age in life and we go you know what um, I don't like the person that person has become. Well, think about it. We have input into that. We have input into that. If we're running that person down and telling them they're no good and we, the way we speak to them is bad and there's no trust in their relationship, that affects that other person and they become a different person. But if we're building them up and saying... Marriage is the most important thing and really sowing into that marriage and giving everything. They will become the person that you go, I love that person. That person is amazing. It's because of what I've actually sowed into their life has had uh, an impact on their life. Amen? That's my nine points on marriage. I hope you uh, I hope you got something out of that. And uh, we're going to pray and then Mel's going to say some things. So um, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you gave us uh, the marriage relationship. We thank you that your word talks to us about how we are to live and what we are to do. We want to be people that put you first in all, Lord. We want to be people that do it by the book. We want to be people who understand your word and apply that in our everyday life. And Lord, I just pray for every marriage in this place, um, that you would strengthen it, that you would make it strong. Lord, make it pass the test of time. I pray that we would what comes out of our mouth would be positive things, Lord, that we would build one another up. And I pray for all the people in the room who are, who are not married, Lord, whatever situation they might be, that you would strengthen their relationships, that they would lead from the relationships that they have, that they would lead from their singleness, if that's what it is, and really be the best that you want them to be, Lord, that they would put you first, and then all the other things will be added, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.